Good morning. Let's take a look at Second Chronicles 20. Just the first couple verses in Second Chronicles 20. It happened after this that the people of Moab, with the people of Amnon, and others with them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gundai. Well, the Lord has brought us trials and many blessings, hasn't he? In fact, you could even say our church has gone through perhaps a multi-year series of, of trials and of blessings. And we're thankful for that. And regarding trials, I think the question is, how are we going to respond? How are you going to respond to a trial? You know, responding to blessings is pretty straightforward. We're thankful. But how are you going to respond to trials? And what I want to share with you this morning, it's a little bit of a different exhortation. I want to share that we must lead, brothers and sisters. During this time, brothers... Fellow elders, deacons, uh, men, women, we must lead by faith in these times. We must lead in this church and we must lead our families with faith in God. And one evidence of that faith in God will be how we respond to the winds and the waves and the trials that our God is not surprised by. And I want to take a moment to tell you how, how we view these trials. When we step back for a minute, you can kind of, you know, it takes a moment to step back and, and get a clear mind sometimes. The way, in a word, that we view these trials are, we're thankful, just like we are for the blessings. We're thankful. They are incredibly hard, very painful, seemingly impossible to endure, and, and in many ways life-altering, some of these trials. But we're grateful. You know why? Because... This is how revival comes, brothers and sisters. This reminds us God loves us. He's not leaving us alone. He's not done with us. He's not blown out the lamp on our lampstand. God is exposing sin through confession. Hallelujah. He's peeling back that which was hidden in darkness and bringing it out into the light so that it can be purified and refined. God loves his people and loves his church so that he might present him him to herself as a glorious, spotless, blameless bride. And so we have to ask ourselves, one of the other options whenever you have a trial is to take a cleaner approach, kind of a less messy approach, right? Let's just sweep this under the carpet, nothing to see here, we're just moving on. Go about your business. But, but we believe that our God has the power to overcome, to heal, to restore, to bring forth repentance leading to salvation. If painful trial after painful trial is what it takes for our God to bring dead men to life, then we say amen. We say amen and we will accept the will of our perfect father. A question that we should ask, and, and I think we, you, you ask it time to time in your Christian life, are James 1 and Romans 5 really true? 
Are they, is it really true? Can we count it all joy when we fall into various trials? Can we glory or rejoice in tribulations? Can we? How can we even do that? And the way, the reason is because this is how the power of our God is revealed. It's revealed in many ways. And one I just mentioned. God doesn't let his people continue when we're distanced from him in our sin. He loves us and so he purifies and cleanses. It's painful. But again, repentance leading to life is blossomed forth. But the other way that the power of God is revealed is how his children respond. Can you respond to these trials, these life-changing, difficult realities? Can you respond in faith and trusting in God? Standing firm on the rock of Jesus Christ, not turning to fear, not turning to self-manufactured solutions. Can you trust God in the trial? Or do you fall apart in fear? Kind of fighting the trial in your own strength and with your own plans. And, And that's the question. Will you stand and let God be glorified? Watching and standing and waiting for the work of your God. I read from 2 Chronicles 20 a moment ago. And you might remember here, the the people of God under King Jehoshaphat were surrounded by three armies. It tells us the Moabites, the Ammonites, and and others that actually had, had, had joined them. And of course, like normal, the people of God are sorely outnumbered. So this was a fearful time. I mean, this is devastating news. They're, they're effectively, it's, it's pretty clear they're going to be crushed by all these armies. This is a significant trial. But how do they respond? What do they do? Verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat feared he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And then he prayed before all the people, O Lord God, our fathers, are you not God in heaven And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of all the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? And so that's that's our first faith response to a trial. We go to God. We turn to God as Jehoshaphat did. We seek God. We proclaim a fast. We cry out to him for help and mercy. We declare him and who he is and his promises. We remember them and we speak them to one another. Call out to God for mercy. Speak faith-filled truths and walk in the calling which he called you. Don't, Don't follow the schemes of the enemy. Don't surmise against your brethren. Keep your mind fixed on what God is doing, what he's going to do. Jehoshaphat prayed, and he was he was praying now about the armies around him. He said, We have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor we know nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And isn't that true? That, that's a faithful response. God, something bad is happening. We have no idea even what to do or how to respond right now. But we're looking at you. We're focused at you. We turn to God and we stay fixed on him. Notice they didn't turn away in fear. They didn't turn away to the accuser of the brethren. They didn't let their mind run wild with scenarios. They didn't emotionally break down and crumble. They remembered that they're standing on the rock of God. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, Christ, the solid rock I stand, it's good to sing. But do you live it? Do you go, yeah, there's still, the rock's still under me. I'm still there. 
because he knows exactly what's going on. They look to him in faith. And then in verse 15, you might remember, the Spirit of the Lord came and God spoke to them, saying, Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. And listen, this is, this is what God says to them. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be feared or dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. See, God gave them hope and said, be anxious for nothing, I'm with you. I fight your battles. I'm the God of the furnace, the God of the battle, the God of the storm, the God of the trial, that I may be glorified. The battle belongs to the Lord. God told them to position themselves. They were to take action. They weren't just to sleep in their tents that day. No, they were to take action and go out to the battle lines, just as we're called to step forward in faith. A hard trial may fall upon us, but we wake up the next morning and we take the next step forward, don't we? God says, position yourself. And then he told them to stand still, meaning to wait and watch God work in the situation. So that's our second response of faith. In a trial, we look forward to the work that God is doing and the calling he's given us. He brings forth life. He mortifies the flesh. He purifies his bride, the church. He blossoms forth liberty for, to the captives, beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness and brings the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Responding in trials and trusting in him, we see we get a, what we really get when a trial comes. Another way to think of it is we get a front row seat to what God's going to do. And he's going to do something big. You just got free tickets to one of the best things in the world you could ever see in your life. Don't, don't, run, don't, don't throw the tickets on the ground and run away. Take your seat. Get ready. Lean in. And this is our call when trials come. Position yourself, stand still, and see the, the salvation of the Lord. This, I think, brothers and sisters, is what it means to count it all joy. We trust in our God, and we look to what he's doing. In, in your heart, we look. There's going to be conviction. There's going to be refining. There's going to be building. There's going to be strengthening. There's going to be setting the captives free in you, in your heart. It's going to happen. But Jehoshaphat wasn't done yet, or God wasn't done yet, we might say. Now it was time to go to battle, to position himself. And Jehoshaphat, he's girded with faith. He's done all the things we talked about. He's looking at God. He's standing. And do you remember, who did Jehoshaphat send out first in battle? The singers. The singers. And they said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And that's the third and final response for us in trial. We don't cower in fear. We don't fold. We don't melt down. We have faith. And we send forth the name of our Lord. Because isn't that what we're trusting in? I mean, are you really hoping, you know, your archers and your swordsmen sharpen their swords and the, the strength of the horse and the chariot? Or is it, is it God? And so why not send forth the name of the Lord first? And, and brothers and sisters, I, I, this has been quickening to me, and, and I hope to you it stirs something in you. In our lives, do you send out the singers first in your life? 
Are you hoping and trusting in God that much? It's not a great military strategy from man's perspective, but from God's perspective, isn't that who's fighting the battle? The name of the Lord in whom we trust? So we, we declare the power in the name of the Lord we, because that's how we triumph. Not by our strength, but by his name going forth. So may we stand, trust in him by faith, sing, send out the singers first to declare the poor power and glory of our God and see the salvation of the Lord. Just finally, trials are how the power of our God is displayed. And what's amazing, brothers and sisters, is the power of God is displayed in our lives and even through, through, through these crushing times. As blood-bought, redeemed sons and daughters of the king who rest in his sovereignty, we cherish our trials. They are treasures to us. They're the scars by which our God is glorified and we humbly and gladly bear them for his name's sake. We are who we are in Christ, sanctified as his saints through the trials he brings us. So may we not push them away, but may we treasure them. For it's by the same resurrecting power that Christ died and was raised from the the dead and his scars that he bore, that we may have life for to live as Christ. May that be the drumbeat of our heart, to live as Christ. May we live like Christ did. These trials that we're going through, maybe trials in your personal life, may we view them rightly, may we respond with joy, may we position ourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of our God. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you for your hand over all. We thank you for your sovereign works in our life every single day. Oh, God, give us this right view by your hand. Oh, God, help us to walk through the pain, through the hurt. God, looking to you the whole time. Not looking down for a moment, but looking to you, God, trusting in you hoping in you, even expectant of the next great work, for you never leave us nor forsake us. O God, conform us, build us, do the refining work, we pray that you would be glorified. Take a moment now to individually confess to our God.